There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural science-based and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. We do a bit of a duet once a week answering your questions. They can come to radioprogram at AOL.com. Jot that address down because you never know when a pressing question might come up for you and you might have to ask for a lifeline. Radioprogram at AOL.com. So, okay. We've got an email from John, Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I get the flu shot every year. I turned 65 in May, so should I request the extra strength flu shot now? Should I also get the pneumonia and shingles vaccine? Is this too many vaccines to take after having the COVID vaccines at the end of April? And another very important note. My asthma was in remission for over 15 years until a month after my second Pfizer shot. Now I need both of my inhalers twice a day. Why would this happen? That's very Whoa. concerning. Yeah, that is concerning. Well, you know, first of all, you know, I have to say that the whole vaccine paradigm is on trial with COVID. It is. And, you know, is there's it? a lot of people who don't take vaccines. Yeah. Uh, even though they're encouraged to take vaccines, especially seniors are told, mm -hmm. you must take the, the shingles vaccine, you need the Pneumovax vaccine. Yes. You should take the flu vaccine because you're all of a sudden you feel vulnerable, you're at higher risk. And year after year, there are a lot of seniors who say, you know, I'll take my chances. Uh, you know, I want to do that. Yeah. But uh, now with COVID, it's kind of getting us a little bit in the habit of taking vaccines. Yes. You know, because COVID is highly encouraged. And in fact, uh, in order to have a, have a normal life in many parts of the country, you've got to be vaccinated to show your you know, vaccine passport. Mm. So it's kind of creating a... Show me your papers. Yeah, but it's creating sort of a, like a... It's sort of vaccine technology on trial. Yeah. And that's why I think uh, some people are very, very anti-COVID vaccine because they just don't believe in the whole vaccine paradigm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as with everything, it's a risk-benefit equation. It's if you don't have the shingles vaccine, you could get bad shingles. Yes. Uh, if you don't have the flu vaccine, if you're elderly and you are compromised in your immunity, the flu can be pretty devastating. I mean, I've had the flu, it's bad. Yeah. But, you know, I never thought my life was at risk. Yeah. Um, and then there's the pneumonia vaccine, which now routinely is being recommended for seniors. Yes. So the question is, is it possible to take too many and overstimulate your immune system? This is what some opponents of vaccines worry about, is that we're getting too many vaccines, especially if we're giving kids such a number of vaccines. We are seeing an uptick in the um, 
number of autoimmune diseases statistically. Yes, we are. It's mm -hmm. risen significantly. Mm -hmm. Is it due to vaccines? Is it due to environmental pollution? Is it due to diet? Is it due to the hygiene hypothesis? Is it due to the fact that we don't get enough germs in our in yeah. our environments? So. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> right, all the above. <laughs> all, all the, the above. above. So and but yeah. so that may camouflage the effect of vaccines. It's very hard to study the phenomenon of vaccines because vaccines are associated with a lot of other changes in in our lifestyles. Sure. And so a lot of confounders. Um, yeah. So so you know from a uh, from the standpoint of modern medicine, it's like, yeah, you want to be protected against all these things, so take all those vaccines, fine, yeah. period. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happens when over 65 is offered a flu shot. Um, I didn't know there was an extra strength flu there is, shot. There is? It's, a, it's called a flu zone. It's stronger because older people have a weaker immune system, so a stronger flu shot is given. Oh, my. Why didn't I know that? But yeah. Now I know it. Okay. Which I mean, I guess in somebody who is older, who's an yeah. outlier, has a, a youthful immune system, it might provoke more reactions. Mm. Uh, the flu shot is generally pretty well tolerated, but yes. you know, it can make you feel under the weather and have a sore yes. arm. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be, in general, as bad as uh, COVID vaccines are, which cause more side effects. Yeah. I'm very troubled that John's asthma was asthma. in remission. Now, why would that be? Over 15 years, mm -hmm. and then a month after the second Pfizer shot, now he needs both of his inhalers one twice could, a day. One could make a story that since asthma is an immune-mediated disease, that yeah. anything that sort of shifts his immunity towards stronger immunity, yes, you know, by stimulating his immune system, could also make the asthma worse. The asthma, yeah. It is also entirely possible that it's a quinky dink. You know, a quinky like, dink. Yeah, it's like, look, there's going to be for the next, you know. 30 years, people are going to say, damn, I took those, those COVID vaccinations, then I had a stroke a couple of years later, or then I had a heart attack, or then I had pancreatitis, or then I got cancer. Hmm. Damn, I shouldn't have done that. And a couple of years later. We, well, you know, it, it not is, next week. It is conceivable. That's true. It's that conceivable. Long term effects will emerge since sure, these vaccines sure. have not been long term tested. Yes. Many drugs that come to market have like five, ten, or more years of testing yes. before they're now that because this is an emergency and it was an EUA, an emergency use authorization. Well, we didn't really have time yeah. or the luxury to explore long term effects. Yes. In, you know, we didn't see them in experimental animals, which have a shortened lifespan. Um, mm -hmm. and, but. So this all remains to be seen. To be seen. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying, but, you know, it's going to be hard to determine. Yeah. And, uh, this is on the, uh, against the background of overall worsening health and, you know, increasing bizarre disease statistics among Americans for, as the reasons we stated earlier, the, yes. the lifestyle reasons, the toxic exposures, mm -hmm. you know, 30,000 or 50,000 industrial chemicals that have been introduced in, the, in our environments in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, Many you know, of them food, not untested. Food additives uh, mm -hmm. and so on and so on and so on. You know, um, how yeah. do you separate those things out? Yeah. Hard to do. It's quite the task, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Unraveling Quite the it. task. But, you know, John, so, I, so the, yeah. it's, it's an imponderable. Yeah, it's an imponderable. Hopefully this will subside in John, his asthma. Uh, you know, hopefully this will all... If it's due to immune activation. Yeah, it's, yeah, probably, it's probably something temporary. to do there. Wow. 
John, we hope you feel better soon. Yeah. Sincerely. Good point which to pause because mm. we want to make sure that our sponsor has this opportunity to share its vital message with you. So listen up. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Now back to our questions. This is from Michael. Hi, Dr. H and Layla. I'd be interested in your take on some reports that the amino acid L-lysine may be effective in curing or preventing COVID by inhibiting arginine which is needed for viruses to replicate. I thought that was only for herpes viruses. Exactly. I, you know, this, I actually answered this question. Okay. Uh, on the, um, this person took the precaution of, of, uh, calling my radio show and sending us a question. Oh, but yes, okay. Michael. I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate yeah. the answer. Mm -hmm. The, um, um, the, it's, it appears that arginine is essential for the replication of certain viruses that belong, yeah. especially the herpes family. So that would yeah. include, uh, you know, mouth sores, yes. cold sores, mm -hmm. and genital herpes. Yes. So we generally suggest some lysine, mm -hmm. and we suggest a low arginine diet, because yeah. lysine and arginine are kind of on the seesaw. Lysine will suppress arginine, mm -hmm. uh, so you take lysine, but you also want to reduce your intake of arginine, so right. take it away. What do we recommend dietarily? Well, listen, dietarily, we recommend that you avoid any sweets and things, because that will all repress the immune system, but some high arginine foods include corn, Brussels sprouts, nuts, like almonds, and chocolate. Now, if you don't want to eat less Brussels sprouts, like me, right, just take more lysine. Right. Just take more lysine. Mm -hmm. It's really the ratio that you're after. You want more lysine to arginine or something I like that. I think there's some people who do report when they eat a lot of nuts and chocolate. They tend they to get, break they out get, in cold sores. They have sores. A, uh, mouth sores or cold sores. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. So those will be the primary high arginine foods. Right. There's a much longer list, but now we're getting into the weeds of right. every bit of, you know, every food that contains some amount of arginine. You don't need to go there. So, so you just have to balance it with some more lysine. kind of say that what works for certain viruses may not work for, may not work for the COVID. coronavirus. Yeah. Right? Right. So, I mean, I think there's some general things that work pretty much across the board for viruses like I think vitamin D is somewhat protective. Vitamin C. C, zinc, selenium, mm. uh, you know, especially for certain viruses like, uh, Coxsackie mm. virus, uh, mm -hmm. seems to be particularly helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there are other things that seem to have a niched, uh, preventive effect for certain viruses, not yeah. all viruses across the yeah. board. Yeah. Interesting. So Michael, thank you for that 
very thoughtful question. Did you listen to the radio and the, and or will you be listening to this podcast? We want to know. <laughs> we want to make sure you're covered. We want to make sure you've gotten the answer. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, here's a very interesting question. By this the way, is, the radio programs, you know, you don't have yeah. to listen live. A lot of people say, what time are you on? You know, I'll, I'll like set my clock. And it's like, fine, okay, you can do it that way. You can listen live uh, via your radio station if it's carried. If it's not, you can listen on the Internet live. But if you miss the program, maybe you're doing something really great on a Saturday, go for it. You can't sit by the radio dutifully and listen. It's going to be a podcast on Monday. There you go. Out there. And you can listen on demand. Here's the best kept secret. Huh? You don't have to listen to commercials. <gasps> Yay. I mean, yeah. there are a couple of commercials, but they're far less. Yeah. Yeah. Than if you were listening to the library yeah. show, right? Yeah. Okay. This comes from Kim. Hi, Layla and Dr. Hoffman. My tap water is considered hard. In researching it, I discovered hard water contains calcium and magnesium. So what does this mean for my health? By drinking my tap water, am I providing extra minerals to my body over, say, bottled water? And on the flip side, is there any harm in drinking hard water? I've heard of hard water causing some constipation in people. Really? Could be the calcium. That's pretty hard. Could be the yeah. <laughs> We're talking Could heavy, be, heavy water from heavy a nuclear water. reactor. Right. No, so yeah. this is I, I recall a study. Yeah. Which looked at water hardness across the United States. Some localities have very soft water. Yes. And uh, people uh, like it or don't like it flavor wise, mm -hmm. and uh, I believe that so, that hard water. I think it lathers better, or do I have it the opposite way? That I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, so they so they, they overlaid a map of the water hardness. Yeah. Like in Florida, it's very soft water. In other parts of the country, very mineral-rich water. Yes. Uh, and they found a pretty close association with the incidence of heart attacks. With hard water. With hard water being protective. Ah, I see. Being protective. Because it, 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 it provides yeah, people with minerals. So people are so mineral depleted, especially ah. vis-a-vis magnesium. Yes. That maybe one of the few sources of magnesium that they're getting is from their hard water. Mm. So, you know, I remember this, the commercials, you know, hey, Culligan man. It was like you put in a special thing to give you soft water. Yes. A water softener. A water softener. Yeah. And uh, people say, oh, it's much better for the laundry or whatever, you know, like. I could taste the water softener. I remember being oh, it's in homes software? in upstate New York. Oh, no. And I could taste it. No, that's not I good. thought. So it's a chemical process or something. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, so that, uh, so if you have hard water, you know, consider yourself lucky, unless yeah. the hardness consists of, uh, unacceptable things like lead, cadmium, arsenic, I iron, excess iron, yeah. Manganese. Yeah. Which stuff can like be that. Chromium, toxic, you know, and then sure. chemicals. Right. Um, have you, you know, especially you know, if you have a municipal water source, they will give you a printout. Uh, I know that's the case in my locality. Yeah. Of exactly what's in the water. They'll give you a report. Yes. Because they monitor very carefully. Actually, we have a patient who does that. Do you know that? Remember that patient? She's, she, her job is to, to monitor water quality in oh, really? some place in Pennsylvania, I think. Okay. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so they monitor. If you have a well, you know, it's great. It's, I have well water. That's great. It's like pure, oh, pristine water. You got to be careful. Yeah, no. because that might chemicals from an adjacent, uh, exactly. uh, you know, industrial plant or 
Exactly. Even a plant that's already been closed down for decades that, that could, could have still, permeated the water. Absolutely. And or uh, agricultural chemicals from an adjacent field. Mm -hmm. So you want to have the, your water tested mm -hmm. periodically. Absolutely. I would and highly then, recommend. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, install the proper filters. I I always it's part of my intake questions now. Where what is your water source? Is it municipal water? Oh, good. Is it public water? Is it well water? Mm -hmm. Because if they're having certain symptoms, whether it's brain fog, whether it's peripheral neuropathy, whether it's and then they have a mouthful of fillings as well. Well, where's your water coming? Oh, we have a well. We live on a farm. Oh, really? Yeah. When was the last time you had your water checked? Especially with anything. somebody like Parkinson's disease, absolutely, or something like a neurological absolutely. disease. Absolutely, yeah. yes, absolutely, yeah. and and immediately, you know, it's like checking your your home for for mold. Yeah. After you know a flood or not, if, if you're in a very woodsy, bushy it's, area, it, it, the kind of the axiom like is, you know, you you need a checkup, and your house needs a checkup. Yes, 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 yes. Your house needs a checkup. So, this is very very interesting, Kim. What a great question. Okay. We've got one from Rich. Dear Dr. Hoffman, with increasing evidence of the longevity and breadth of natural immunity versus vac vaccinated, I have a question. Take the case of a person who did not have COVID, gets vaccinated, then gets COVID and recovers. Can we say that such a person now has natural immunity? Okay, the scenario is... You took the vaccine, then you got COVID. Yeah. Yeah, and recovers. Does that person now have natural immunity? Then I'll get on to the... And, okay. and then he says, wait, if yes, and we expect COVID to persist in society, then does it not make the case that a newly vaccinated person should welcome exposure to COVID mm -hmm. so they can get the valued yeah. natural immunity? That, that's an excellent question. And, yeah. I, and I've thought of that. Uh, and I, it, it kind of makes sense is that you are, okay, the immunity that's conferred by the vaccine is to only one part of the virus. Yes. Which is the attachment point. Yeah. Uh, where if you're immune to the attachment point, the virus won't attach. Mm -hmm. That's the spike protein, which literally is a spike that the virus drives into your epithelium, usually yes. in the nasal passages to dock. It's like a, like a, you know, spacecraft docking at the, International Space Center is mm -hmm. like a, a kind of a little tunnel that is the docking part of the spacecraft that yes. docks with the uh, International Space Station. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you get from the vaccine. When you get an infection, your immune system mounts a response not just to the spike protein, but to the viral envelope and the entire yeah. virus. Yeah. And so it's a more complete immunity. And it is likely that if you are vaccinated and you get an infection, uh, that, I mean, intuitively, it is likely that you will get a more complete immunity. Um, so, however, it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, it could be that there's some backfire that occurs then, hmm. which could damage your immune system and make you, uh, you know, undermine the effects of the vaccine. I'm, I'm just right. being yeah. open-minded theoretically, to what the possibilities are. Okay. Um, I think it's being studied uh, because in Israel, they're seeing a lot of breakthrough infections. Yes. And I think the Israelis are, if they haven't already reported on it, they're going to report on what is the fate of people who've had the vaccine and a breakthrough infection. Yes. But, you know, it's kind of like um, 
you know, should people who've been vaccinated have kind of a like a big orgy porgy chicken pox party and make sure that they get COVID so that they get like a like a booster? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is the latest Israeli study is comparing SARS-CoV-2 natural immunity to vaccine induced immunity reinfections versus breakthrough infections. Mm-hmm. So there is the concern of breakthrough right infections and their severity if if that Uh, but i think the study in question uh mm -hmm. compared the efficacy of what the study looked at three 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 issues not the issue he's talking about it looked at um people who've had covid and then took the vaccine yeah people who have simply had covid Mm-hmm. And people who've just taken the vaccine, so three groups, three comparators, mm-hmm. and what they found is that people who've had COVID had, you know, there was a range. It was like anywhere from like uh, eight to twenty times approximately the resistance to COVID okay. that people who got vaccinated had. Yeah. So, it was better. so the natural immunity was better. Okay. Natural. But then, mm-hmm. if you had the vaccine on top of a previous case of COVID, you got a little extra protection. Not mm-hmm. that much. Okay. So it wasn't imperative to do a vaccine on top of COVID. Yes. And that's how that study has been interpreted. It's like people are saying, why should there be mandatory vaccine across the board when that study, and maybe that's just one among many studies that will appear on this, at least though Israel, which is ahead of us in vaccines. Yes. Uh, they got everybody vaccinated quick. Pretty, pretty quick. Predicts that... Uh, you don't get that much of an added benefit from vaccinating after you've had COVID. Right. right. But you do get a little bit. You, you do get a little bit of an added mm-hmm. benefit. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask a question uh, about this, head. too. And it just like a train right. <laughs> went out of my head because I was listening to what you were saying. But anyway, oh, oh, what about, yes, here it is. The What about the people who have T cell immunity? Is that not lifelong? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't and know. They, so they haven't been emphasizing T-cell immunity. Uh, it is... Well, that T-detect test. T-detect Aren't test more people taking that to see... I've been trying to order it. Not that many people have taken it. It might be hmm. either too expensive or difficult to get. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's been a de-emphasis of the T-detect test because it kind of flies in the face of a universal vaccine mandate. It's kind of like people oh, sure. hold that up and say, look, I had... But, but I, I have... have the, I've got, I've got yeah, T-cells. I've right. got lifelong... My immune system's going to remember but and not let me get this again. In some countries, the approach to getting people uh, covered and hurt, reaching herd immunity yeah. is a little more nuanced than the United States. What they're asking for is they're asking for, because you could, you know, you could really fake them out. You say, well, I don't need the vaccine. I've had COVID. Yeah. Well, how do, you might be lying. You might be mistaken. You might have had a cold. You might yeah. have had the flu. We don't know. Yeah. So they're saying, show us your vaccine card or show us antibodies mm-hmm. that are a proof that you've had COVID. The problem is that antibodies sometimes wane. Yes. And w- it, it means that maybe you're a little more susceptible to COVID, but there are other parts of your immune system that can mount uh, a rapid response to a virus. And those parts of the immune system are not measured by the antibody response. Yeah. They're in the, within the T cells, mm-hmm. which is harder to measure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I had great hopes for the T detect test. I I don't know. I yeah, really, I was excited too for I a little while. Seen it go anywhere, huh. but it doesn't matter anymore in the United States because you can show them till kingdom come. You have antibodies. You have the T detect test, which shows you've had it. Doesn't matter. It's like 
you know. Now we just want vaccines. Roll up your sleeves, you know. We just want. We don't. We arm. don't care what you're telling us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like you know, kiss principle. You know, people might you know, just, you know, telling stories like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I had the flu in uh, December mm-hmm. of twenty of twenty nineteen. That probably was COVID. It might have been. Might have been. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A true. lot of people have that story. Is that man? I was. I had the worst flu. Yeah. In January of 2020. My sister had a really bad flu, and it was after a trip to Africa, the Serengeti. She came back, and around the end of January, beginning of February, had a flu. I mean, it took her down. She actually went to the doctor, and she's not one to like run to the doctor. It took her down for almost two weeks, and then she she had, you know, and she's otherwise a very healthy young woman. But you know that they've. they've I told her. I said you probably had COVID. They they've studied that, and the way that they've studied it is at the time people did not have COVID tests. Yes. So there's no way of knowing. So what they did is they they have blood that's banked and stored from people who donated blood. Mm -hmm. And what they did is they ran uh, tests for antibodies on the blood of those people. And what they found is that a very small percentage. I mean, it was like less than half a percent mm-hmm. of those people had COVID antibodies. Mm. At, and this was from like January and February. Wow. Which was well before we recognized that COVID was a thing. Yeah. But apparently uh, the timeline for COVID uh, goes back to November uh, in in China. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I saw a really interesting documentary on this. And it was what the Chinese did was just reprehensible because... Yes. Um, they really concealed it from their population and from the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they also uh, exercised tremendous press censorship mm-hmm. uh, to conceal the fact that something was really very, very bad going yeah. on over there. And uh, that's why we were caught unaware. So even if the Chinese did not, uh, you know, it wasn't a result of a lab leak, yes. which is quite possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I just saw, by the way, a um, a call in I think the Lancet, one of the world's leading medical journals, for uh, serious serious consideration of whether uh, this was a lab manufactured uh, problem. Ah, and yeah. so so and this is the self same Lancet that in the early part of the pandemic wrote, well, you know, let's not even go there. That's nonsense. You know, they they wanted to put the kibosh on that theory. Now they've they changed their tune. They're they're changing their tune. But anyway, the, the, the Chinese, um, re, you know, we really, uh, you know, we have to really call them on it. Because absolutely. And we're not talking about the Chinese people. We're talking about the Chinese Communist oh, absolutely. Party. Yeah, it, we're it, talking it, about the Chinese Communist Party. It was devastating Party. for the Chinese people yes, because... They're not to they, be trusted. They showed illicit films that mm-hmm. were done by... Um, very courageous uh, journalists there yes. who, you know, smuggled cameras into hospitals. Mm-hmm. And there were like body bags piled high. And they were they were saying, no, you, you can't film here. You can't film. So the guy like, you, you know, with a concealed camera would be filming this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's nothing to see here, nothing to see here, nothing to see. Here. And then they changed their tune. The Chinese uh, system, the health system is responding heroically to the crisis yeah. You know, let's all wear masks. Let's take part in, you know, the, the, the lockdown and the quarantines. And, you know, we're going to show the world how organized we are. You know, that, they changed their propaganda line from nothing to see here to what an excellent response we've had to COVID. Right. Let's nail people into their homes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, into their not, not 
a good yeah uh not good for the 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 brand for yeah. the chinese government for yeah. sure my goodness but hey the government's this this covid has really rocked many governments because mm-hmm. no government has handled this perfectly mm. there was no way to handle it perfectly yeah uh it was you know you blame can be assigned all around sure sure uh, it it's not a I mean, in retrospect, it's a real. This has never happened in the world's history. Yeah, it will. It's happened, but you know, with it's not happening yes. with the capacity that we have to deal with. I mean, yes. it, we had a pandemic in twenty in, in nineteen eighteen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then it was like let her rip because we had nothing, no therapeutics, mm-hmm. and you know. mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Anyway, okay. uh, so yeah, inevitably we're going to keep talking about COVID because COVID's happening. Uh, but we managed to introduce some other topics on today's program. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For, you know, a little uh, relief yes. from the incessant news. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, thank you. Dr. Hoffman. Keep those questions coming. Yes. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to to being a collaborator in your healthcare.